Okay, listener, if you're sitting there and thinking, well, is this all a podcast is? I could absolutely do that, but I don't know where to start. Let me tell you, neither did I. I had been a co-host but never produced my own but you know what made it easy? Anchor by Spotify. Everything is in the right place. You can even record and edit right from your phone or computer. You can host on Anchor and then distribute to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to it right now, you can use Anchor to get there. It's all in one place. It's everything you need to make a podcast. And best of all, it is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Family podcast here in the 1012 Network. I am your host, Jamie Steyer Johnson. Thanks for being part of our podcast fam. Today's guest is someone I've spent plenty of time with over the past few women's basketball seasons, an Iowa native, Ohio University grad. My guest has hustled covering a wide range of athletics for years. Now we are lucky enough to have him as our radio voice of women's basketball, Iowa State, as well as coverage for several other sports for the school. My guest today is Noah Wolf. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Jamie. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I mean, people people know me. You know, I've I've been around for long enough, but they know you as a broadcaster. They know your voice. I think that they will be really excited to know you a little bit more as a person. So I'm really excited to bring this to our extremely dedicated Iowa State fans. So let's start a little bit with the beginning at Iowa State, right? So you came on as our play-by-play analyst pretty much right out of college, right? Yeah, so- I was still finishing my degree uh, when when I got hired. Um, I, I My graduation day was the North Dakota State game last season. I remember that because I wanted to wear Ohio green to the game, but I couldn't because we were playing a team that was green. <laughs> That that goes against my my moral standards, so I couldn't couldn't rep my alma mater on graduation day. Yes, I actually forgot about that because you had like the um you finished your schooling online. Oh my gosh, how crazy! So you you're still in school. You're doing these this kind of audition process for the job, and then you find out that you got it. So how did that feel when you got that news? That, hey, you're the pick. This is yours. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was pretty, I was over the moon, obviously. I mean, this is way further along than I thought I'd be in my career while I was still in college. And I didn't think I would have that opportunity. Um, Just to sort of, I'll give sort of the rundown of how it happened. Um, I was home for winter break. My parents live in Ankeny. I grew up in Cedar Falls. Uh, My parents moved to Ankeny uh, while I was in college and uh, living in Ankeny, home for winter break my junior year. So this was winter of 2019 into 2020. Um, and I was like, I, I can't, I, I can't just sit home for winter break and do nothing for a month. Like I need to continue to own my craft. Um, and so I emailed Nicole at Iowa state. Uh, I emailed uh, some people at Drake and at the university of Iowa and just said, Hey, like, can I sit on press row? I'll, you know, bring my laptop and record myself into my computer. The broadcast isn't going anywhere. I just want to be able to uh, just just hone my craft. And you know, Nicole, everybody let me do it. Uh, it was it was wonderful to get 
the opportunity to sit in the Knapp Center and at Carver Hawkeye and, uh, and certainly Hilton Coliseum. Um, and so when I came to Ames, uh, for the first time I was there was for the North Alabama game uh, in 20, December 2019. And then I also saw the Texas game in 2020. Both of those were very exciting contests. I remember that North Alabama has a heck of a team. Um, and obviously we know that Texas is a good team. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so that, that North Alabama game, Nicole lets me in and we're walking, she's, you know, showing me where I sit and all that. And she is like, so what are your plans after college? And I said, well, um, I'm going to graduate in December of 2021 and no, December, 2020, sorry. Um, and at that point, I'm going to go out to the winter meetings of baseball and get myself a minor league job. And she's like, have you considered college route? Because our women's basketball job is a rotating cast of characters, you know, since our main voice retired, Rich Fellingham. Um, and I said, I, you know, that'd be great, but I'm going to be in Athens next fall when you're hiring for a women's basketball job. Like I would miss half the season. Um, so I don't think that's really something I can apply for. Um, I didn't say that in those words, but that's, you know, how I was thinking. Uh, and then a couple months later, the coronavirus happened and I never went back to Athens. I packed up my stuff, um, came home. We went back out there a couple weeks later, pack up my apartment, put it on the storage unit. And then because I thought I'd be back in the fall. And then when it turns out I wasn't back in the fall, we drove back out to Athens, grabbed my stuff from the storage unit, moved it back home. Um, and so, yeah, I, I did a semester and a half online and finished up my degree in December. But once I realized I was going to be home, I was like, okay, first of all, I need a job. Second of all, I uh, need to email Nicole and say, hey, I am going to be in Iowa uh, for the women's basketball season. If this is still an opening, I'd appreciate you keeping me in mind. Um, and I don't know if they even posted a job for it, um, which, you know, that, that's how this industry works. You and I know that very well, Jamie, is you, you know somebody and that is often who they go with. They, they'd rather hire the people they know oftentimes than, than, uh, than try to conduct a nationwide search. Um, and so I just happened to know Nicole from, from the year before, and she mentioned the opportunity to me, and I'm forever grateful because this has turned out to be a terrific experience, and, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just that's really the situation is crazy. Like, the sequence of events that lead to that are so improbable to almost be like there's no way that that happens and it obviously it turned out for the better because so when you came on for women's basketball did you know there would be opportunities with other teams or was that just a, okay you started you were doing fine and they were like hey you want to hop on for this broadcast or that broadcast and you were totally game um they didn't tell me that there would be opportunities when I got hired um but it wasn't soon after that Tyler Rutherford reached out he was like you know we're always needing people to fill in for this or that or the other thing. And our volleyball voice is, this is his last season. So, you know, and um, I filled in for, yeah. So I did one gymnastics meet last year 
um, which I had never even watched college gymnastics before the preparation for that event. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad to have talented voices next to me because in basketball, my job is to describe the action. And then Jamie says, oh, this was great. That was not great. You know, Jamie adds the color and <laughs> why she's the color analyst. Um, but in gymnastics, it's sort of the opposite. I go, and now on to the beam is Jamie Steyer Johnson. And then my color analyst goes, yeah, so she'll be attempting a Yurchenko one and a half. She did it really well. Like she let, stuck the landing or, or sometimes she'll be like, oh, the feet were spread apart, didn't stick the landing. And I'm just looking at it. And I'm like, holy smokes, this is impressive. Like <laughs> I am floored. Best performance I've ever seen. And, and my analyst is like, oh my gosh, she's going to have a terrible score. Like that would be didn't... the analysis if it were me on the beam. Yeah, just, <laughs> just wow. Like, oh my goodness. I can't that's how I feel about all gymnastics. So I'm, I'm just happy to be along for the ride on that one. Um, you know, I can throw in a stat or two every now and again, and, and I say who is going where, but that, that's pretty much my role because I do not have the technical knowledge to be able to provide any useful analysis in gymnastics. And that's why uh, I've worked with a couple of different former gymnasts um, and, and they do a wonderful job in not only saying, oh, this was, this was great, or this was not so great, but why? And, and bringing that, you know, knowledge to the audience for the future. You're not going to be doing quite as much of the evaluating part. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you grew up in Iowa, but grew up in Cedar Falls. So do you remember, did you have any like memories regarding the Cyclones or any ties to the Cyclones growing up? Or did that all come later kind of with this opportunity obviously yeah. you weren't in very close proximity right um my my uncle on my mom's side my mom's brother uh went to Iowa State and I believe he was the first in his in on that side of the family for me to go to college um so Iowa State is definitely in my blood um my my grandparents are big Cyclone fans my mom started out at Iowa State and then transferred to a different state school a little <laughs> bit further east, which is where she met my dad. So uh, I didn't grow up sporting a lot of cardinal and gold. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, but, you know, growing up in Cedar Falls, I got the opportunity to go to a lot of uh, Panther games. And I don't think I ever saw the Cyclones play in CF in basketball or anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, growing up next to, next to you and I was, was really cool. Uh, I saw the McLeod center get built and that, that's a great environment for college basketball. Truly. I'm excited to, to go next year with, with Iowa state women's basketball, because they, they fill that place for women's basketball. They really do. Mm -hmm. Um, I was impressed when I, I did go to a couple women's basketball games in high school and college, um, coming home to Cedar Falls and. I was very impressed with, with the turnout in Cedar Falls. Um, but yeah, both my sisters went to Iowa State. Uh, my oldest sister is a graduate of this, the Iowa State veterinary program. And my middle sister uh, is a family consumer science teacher. She got her FCS education degree at Iowa State. Um, so yeah, I mean, the parents are, are Hawkeyes, but all three kids are Cyclones. Yeah, that's funny. It's it's one of those things where like they talk about traits that skip a generation and your family, it's 
being a cyclone, apparently. <laughs> yeah, evidently. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. So um, usually when people have like a really strong history with Iowa State, I'll ask, you know, if you have any favorite players you've covered, whatever. Well, you just kind of came on pretty recently. And so that would pretty much entail people that are still on the team. So I'll leave that question for like a future episode someday. Right. I mean, yeah, the, the, the first Iowa State players I really watched were that, that season that I did the North Alabama and Texas game. So like you'll mention names and I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember Adriana Camber hitting a three from the left corner against North Alabama. Or I remember an Ines Nezakwa layup or yeah. um, uh, uh, Nia Washington, Nia Washington. Yeah. yeah. Um, which way is it pronounced? Nia, yeah. Nia Washington, yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, like, because Bridget wasn't on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the year after Bridget left. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never saw her play, but yeah, I mean, you know, you say the, the names of some people that are, that are still playing or, or that recent memory, but other than that, yeah, I have no, no prior knowledge of, uh, of Iowa State athletics, you'll, like, you'll no, build no, no mem- memory connections to them to, to pull back on. Yes. Yes, for sure. So we've got that. You've been here for, you know, season and a half and change. You saw some of the season before that. What have been kind of your favorite games or even moments from games so far here? I think the game in Manhattan was an instant classic this year. Um, I think that's probably my favorite game that I've ever called. Um, yeah, <laughs> just the the bank shot three at the end, the 11-point comeback, doing it on the road against a ranked team. Um yeah, Iowa State, K-State women's basketball at Manhattan. And, and uh, I think I think our call, Jamie, of the, the bank shot three is is a pretty memorable one. Um, kind of impressive very, how in sync we were. Like, we're usually yeah. pretty well in sync, but to at the exact same time be saying the exact same thing, I mean, that's, hey, that's got to be the hallmark of a good broadcasting duo, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> ESP there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that one was super fun. And there were some good games last year. You know, you've got the Baylor victory on the road, things like that, yeah. but we were in the studio yeah. for those. And and so mm-hmm. I know that, you know, most people I think by now realize that, but last year we didn't travel to away games. And when we were at games, we were on a different part of the court. Um, it, it was just obviously a really different environment, a really kind of strange situation to come into so for you from year one to year two how big of a change what are what are your kind of favorite changes that you get where it's like okay this makes my job a lot better a lot more fun that some of those protocols are at least uh, a little bit different I think the biggest thing is the change in Hilton from last year to this year. You mentioned we were on the opposite side of the court. That doesn't bother me too much. If we were, we were across from the benches, like we were at Drake or next to the benches, like we are most places. I don't care one way or the other, but the problem with last year, we were across the way. We were like 12 feet back from the court and there was nothing around us. It was like the, the bleachers that come down to the court were pushed in permanently. And it was sort of like a gladiator arena where there's like walls around the whole thing. And then the stands, um, which is 
there, there are some baseball parks that are constructed that way that I've, that I've broadcast that. And it's always my least favorite just because it seems like the fans are so far away from the action and, and absolutely it had to be that way last year. Um, but it's, it's completely different with Hilton, you know, with the band being allowed to be right next to the court and the student section, like we saw uh, in the Iowa game and the Texas game, um, they can really pack that. And then obviously the season ticket holders on the lower bowl are some of the most energetic and informed fans in the country. Um, so we got a taste of it last year. You know, they, they lifted some of the capacity restrictions and the place was allowed to get loud a little bit, but they never brought Hilton into the lower bowl. And that was, I mean, that, that was huge. Just being able to not have to look up all the way to see another soul in the building. Um, it's yeah. I mean, Hilton is obviously a, a really special place. I, I think it's sort of a, a, a mecca of college basketball, if you will. And, um, and you know, when it's allowed to be itself, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's certainly, certainly an interesting place to be. I mean, when you finally have the situations where it's getting loud enough that we can't just clearly hear in our headsets like to finally have that kind of experience was definitely a really really huge jump from last year to this year which was yeah. very and, cool and you mentioned the studio thing I was you know we were in studio age for every game that wasn't in Ames except for the Big 12 tournament which we only got one game in Kansas City um and that was also capacity restricted people were spaced out around municipal auditorium um but uh studio H, which was uh for those that don't know it's uh it's in the iheart media studio so like who kxno um all out of the same building in in downtown des moines over on ingersoll um and i said it on twitter and i think i said it pretty well after that after the last tournament game goodbye studio h you've been great you really have i hope i never see you for a live sporting event ever again <laughs> um he just, I, it was just very difficult for, to, to get into a broadcast, especially you, you know, it as well as I do, the quality of the feeds was oh. so variable. You know, some of them, we got crowd noise. A lot of them, we didn't. Um, some of them, we had these weird camera angles. Some of them, we got the like in stadium feed. So they would just like show like replays replay. of the home yeah. team when our team had the basketball. So I'd, I would have to just shut up and Jamie would have to analyze a great play by Caitlin Clark. And then I'd be like, Oh, and Ashley Jones trains a three and Iowa State leads by eight. Like, cause, cause we didn't see yeah. it. Um, there were times when the feed blacked out oh, and no. I would have to just read some stats off the stat monitor before it came back. I can't believe no one ever said anything to us about, at least not to me about like there was gosh I can't even remember which one it was but there was one that there was like yes stretches that it would just Mm -hmm. cut out and it would come back for a little bit and then it cut right back out and it was bad and that was a dramatic game too I was was trying to mount a comeback in the fourth (laughs) quarter and I just yeah I mean I did what what anybody would do but then i've read some other horror stories of somebody that like yeah for the first seven minutes of game action we had no broadcast feed whatsoever 
Well, like, we had to have, smokes. there was a couple times we, like, I would have my laptop open with ESPN Plus ready in case yep. that happened because there was, like, one game we didn't get a feed until right before tip-off. Like, it was, oh, my gosh. It just felt like comedy of errors. And I think people are starting to really get the downsides of it because last year it was it was a necessity, and now we're seeing... ESPN continue to do these remote broadcasts yeah, and it's, it's probably not strictly necessary. And, and I think, yeah. And people are noticing and yeah, that's, 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 they thought it. that yeah. they wouldn't, right. Mm-hmm. The ca- even the casual fan is noticing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, and I'm sure people I've noticed, and, and that's, I read a lot of stories too last year that they would interview broadcasters and the broadcaster would be like, yeah, I was just a half second behind and the casual fan probably isn't going to notice, but I certainly do. Um, yeah. I definitely notice not being there. You don't get the feeling of the game. Like I, I think you mentioned that Baylor game. What a game, but I don't really have a great memory of it Same. because it was in a studio in Des Moines and I just, drove home afterwards yeah like, it was, it was just you so, and me talking to each other you know with no I'm pretty sure we didn't have crowd noise for that no we didn't so I can't imagine the experience of turning on a radio turning on the radio and listening to you and me talking about a game as if it's sports talk radio because right. there's no crowd noise like it's even just the like places that studio. get no fans like that get very, very few fans. There's some noise, you know, you get, you, you get the, the, of the, the sneakers, people the who are the there cheer and the benches cheer. Like you get something we, like we joked about just putting on like the ambient sounds of a basketball court because right. it was so bad. <laughs> yeah. It just, and, and so, you know, we tried to create that excitement and I hope for our listeners sake that we did an okay job, but it's very difficult to to do that. And so as ESPN is returning to normal and, and a lot of these people are, a lot of these broadcasters are going to the sites um, there, you know, it's, people are noticing that when, when it's not happening, but that said, um, I talked to, to Dean Linky, who is a, also Ohio grad. Um, and he said, um, he, he works the Big Ten or- Network and does a lot of their Olympic coverage. Um, he's been doing studio broadcasts for years, like well before COVID. Mm-hmm. The, the Big Ten Network sends their cameras on site to sports like field hockey and soccer and gymnastics and swimming and dive. But they have their broadcasters sit in a studio in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating to hear about that from his perspective. Um, but the other thing about it is that that his studio is designed for that. They get the right. crowd noise pumped in. They have, he can see every camera angle. You and I had one <laughs> <Maybe> view. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like the, the first, first game that we had that for was TCU. Cause we had like a zoom feed for the South Dakota state game. Um, and you weren't there. That was me and me and John. Um, but and I don't know if you were there for the TCU game either. I think that might have been the game against Williams. Um, but the TCU game had the perfect setup. They had crowd noise pumped in, and we had uh, just the camera one feed the whole time. They didn't switch cameras. They didn't go to replays. They just showed camera one the whole time, 
which showed the whole court, or like, you know, the, the spot of the court that you needed to watch. Um, that was perfect. After that, it was a hodgepodge of, dang, I wish we had it like TCU. Center. Yes, yes, for sure. So you are able to travel this year. And I mean, every school does things a little bit differently. Some do like the entire travel party sits down and like has dinner together. That's not how Iowa State does it. So it's not like we sit and are just like hanging out with the team all the time, but you do spend a lot more time around them. Cause I mean, you may not have seen a single player face to face last year because all of our post-game interviews were over the phone. Right. So even when we were in stadium, it was like, okay, I'll wave to you on the court and then go back to the locker room. So how has your ability to like cover the team and understand this team been affected by actually being able to be around them? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I went to practice after media. Well, I went to media day for the first time, which there was a media day in person this year. Um, and that was the first time I was actually able to shake coach Fenley's hand and say, hi, I'm Noah. Like, nice <laughs> to meet you. Um, I covered on the entire season of his yeah. team as the play-by-play broadcaster and did not get to do that. And just, that's the way it was. Right. Um, so that, I mean, just that, putting that through my head and putting that into words, I think it's just a little bit surreal. Um, but at the same time, you know, that's, they were taking every precaution possible to make sure that they got every basketball game played last year and they did. So anyway, um, yeah, going to media day. And then I got much practice after that um, and just sort of sat and observed practice and talked to managers. And, um, and then after the, after practice was over, the players came over and they're like, Hey, you're, you're Noah, right? You're Noah Wolf. Like, I think I follow you on Twitter. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, again, I would, I, and I got to shake all their hands and say, nice to meet you. And like got pronunciations for people I hadn't met, like nine year view. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I, I don't, like you said, I don't hang out with the players a lot, um, but you know, you chat with them and, and they see your face. Um, it's, it's a whole different world to be in it and on the bus with them and on the plane with them. And, um, you know, you feel a little bit more connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was sort of, I felt like a third party observer last year at times. And this year I get to be in it and, uh, and it's, it's so much better. Yeah, I mean, you get to see like the way they interact with people. And it was weird for me, too, because all of a sudden over the summer when I went out to one of their camps, I was talking to one of the freshmen, now sophomores, and I had this realization that I'm like, have we ever had a conversation face to face? Because I had I had met them because they would have been recruited when I was around some, like they would come in their recruiting visits, you shake their hand, you go, Hey, I'm coach Dyer's daughter. And then you move on. But all of a sudden, I think I was talking to Emily Ryan. And I'm like, Oh my God, we've probably never had a conversation face to face. And you just kind of have that realization. And then, like you said, you kind of move on and you know who they are, but you just don't have that actual kind of personal connection to them that we get to have now to some degree, which is, so cool and especially a team like this with such really I mean truly special people on it so the one thing that I'm really curious about is for you was it at all intimidating to come into a situation where like everyone involved with this team is 
really, really connected. Like this staff has been together forever. I obviously have my own personal connection to it. Was that like something that helped you where they all kind of knew each other or was that something that's like, oh, this is kind of tough to come into it and try to make myself part of this fold? Oh yeah. I mean, I think I'm still struggling with that aspect of it. Uh, I don't, you know, um, I, it's, it's super weird because like, um, I was texting with Carp, like asking him some questions and he's like, yeah, it's been a while since we've had somebody new mm-hmm. involved. Right. Like before me, it was people like Brent Bloom and Chris Williams and Dave Sprout, who, even if they weren't doing this specifically, they had been around the team for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before them, it was Rich Fellingham and he had been there before Coach Fenley. Yeah. So like they know each other and it's, it's very, very weird for me um, in that sense, because I, I don't know them. They're all very comfortable with each other. And I think they're, they're growing to, to be comfortable with me, but uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a, a strange thing and something that we all have to get used to uh, intimidating. Definitely. Um, but no, everybody's been very welcoming to me. Um, I definitely feel like a part of the family. And, uh, you know, those connections will only grow as I continue to poke around here for a while. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, gosh, yeah. I, as I was sitting here, like getting ready for this, I was just like, yeah, I guess that would be, <laughs> would be kind of different to come into that sort of situation. Cause I came in and I hadn't, called games for the team but i've been around them for over 20 years right oh my gosh okay so um what i have done well on on every episode so far (laughs) every uh every single one all one of them uh is i kind of finish up and i have kind of a summative question which is what does being a part of the cycle and family mean to you? Ooh. Okay. You know, obviously it's different for me because I am, uh, I, I'm an adopted member of the cyclone family. Um, as we mentioned, it was not, not necessarily through birth, although it is in my blood. Um, but I think, um, I think it's, it's all about the Iowa state way, like coach Fenley always preaches. I mean, you know, it's practice on every sports team to an extent, but I think coach Fenley is, is definitely the driver of what the Iowa state way means. And it's, it's just about how you conduct yourself and just being a positive influence. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just holding yourself to the highest standard. And, um, but at the same time, it's, it's, uh, the cyclone family, like I said, is, is a very welcoming place to be and, and they look out for, for their own. And um, yeah, it's just, it's been a very positive experience for me. And uh, it's a place I hope to be for, for quite some time. Yeah. And the way you said that reminded me, I had one other thing. I don't know, maybe in post I'll switch these. I'm way too lazy, so I probably won't. And I'll just leave this <laughs> in there as a little behind the scenes that as okay. put together as I may seem, I don't, I, I'm not perfect. So there you go, <laughs> listeners. I know this might be your first realization, but um, this year, this season, 
covering one of the best, I mean, it's not even a, a start anymore. It's one of the best seasons to this point in school history and yeah. being the person to cover that. Like, what's that like for you being so early in your time here and having that experience? Well, clearly I'm, I'm the good luck charm, right? Now that I'm traveling, <laughs> the team is, is playing well. I'll take all the credit. There's you know, no proof you're welcome. to the contrary. Yeah. You're welcome, Cyclone Nation. No, obviously not. Obviously I have nothing to do with that. Um, <laughs> No, it, it's been terrific. And, and I, I think I was pessimistic coming into the season. I saw the 12 ranking mm-hmm. and I said, I, I mean, I guess. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I, the team didn't change all that fundamentally from last year. You know, it's still Ashley Jones, Emily Ryan, Lexi Minarski, um as the, the, the top three players. And, and, but you lost scorer number two from last year in mm-hmm. Kristen Scott. Um, or I don't know if she was second or third leading scorer. I heard right we're there. always pretty yeah. close. Yeah. But, you know, you lost one of your top three scorers. She was an incredible post presence. She could shoot the three. Like, and I was like, how are they going to replace Kristen Scott? Like, a- a- anyway, I was skeptical of the 12th ranking. And now we're, we're three quarters of the way through the season, two thirds of the way through the season. And the team is 11th in the country. Yeah. And 19 and three. And, it's it's incredible. They've they've exceeded expectations. They've played so well, um, and so I think part of that, you know, inner pessimist in me has has made it even more exciting to cover the season. Um, just just because I I truly didn't expect them to rise to these heights. I thought, oh, I don't know. I think there's going to be a disappointment coming, and and there really well, hasn't. And that's been. almost a defense mechanism. Like yeah, I do the yeah. same thing where I'm like, well, even on like our flagship show, like I I don't talk really about Iowa State and their ranking in the conference. I don't talk about like their postseason chances because I'm like I'm too close to it. I can't let myself get too high. I can't let myself get too low. So you kind of look at it and it's like, okay yeah, this, this would be great. I see the potential, but I'm just going to wait for it to be proven. You know, you, you can't put too much stock in those preseason rankings. So now you can look back at it and be like, yeah, you know, we're, we're kind of rising to the occasion here, but just as someone who's so close to the team, so close to the situation, we just naturally have to pull ourselves back because we have to be able to look at it objectively. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been so fun. There's even some things that I didn't know. I didn't think that I knew your sisters went here and I definitely had not gotten the whole story of how you ended up here. So that's great. I knew like bits and pieces, but I don't think I had put together like everything that had to happen, that sequence of events. So, oh my gosh, I am so excited for the rest of Cyclone Nation to start getting to know you as well as I do at this point. Um, I think that they will absolutely love it. They can feel even more connected to us especially knowing how fortunate we are that we have so many people that follow women's basketball and listen to the radio. Like that's so uncommon. It's crazy. So thank you so, so much for joining me. I'm glad that we get to talk since it'll be like a whole week and a half until we're together again. About a week. Yeah. About a week from today. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Noah. I appreciate you. You are awesome. And you're like the best broadcast partner I could ask for. So really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Jamie. Likewise, um, you know, pleasure working alongside you. Uh, I will say to any uh, Cyclone Nation that wants to get to know me better, you, yes. you, you can follow me on Twitter, reach out. I respond to DMs and such. Uh, if you have any lingering questions, um, I'm, I'm pretty much an open book, although I don't tweet all that much. Give them, give um, them the Twitter handle. 
Twitter is at N Chauncey Wolf. Chauncey is my middle name. N C H A U N C E Y Wolf W O L F with no E, spelled like the N. I'll I'll put that in the description of the episode. Yeah. I'm still figuring this stuff out. That's something I should do. <laughs> there you go. Okay, cool. Well, I will talk to you soon, Noah. Thank you. Thanks, Jamie. Wow, what an episode. I feel like I have gotten to know Noah really well, and a lot of you have heard him on the radio, but now I hope you get to know him a little bit more as the person behind the voice. How lucky are we? Thank you so, so much for tuning in. As always, I'm Jamie Sire Johnson. You can find me on social media at jsteyes, J-S-T-E. YZ. You can also follow the Cyclone Family Podcast on Twitter at Cyclone Fam Pod. Noah is at Enchauncey Wolf. I'll go ahead and put that in the episode description as well. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm still getting the hang of this podcast thing, so I think this is where I say if you enjoyed this, please uh, rate, subscribe, leave comments. Is that a thing on some platforms? Maybe Um, definitely reach out to me if you have ideas of who you want to have on the pod, because I've got a ton that I know of, but I'm sure that there's other ones out there that people would be interested in that I might not even think of. So um, once again, thank you so, so much for tuning in and we'll be back next week. Bye guys. This has been the Cyclone Family Podcast with Jamie Steyer Johnson brought to you by the 1012 Network.